And now, The Mentors, one of the most popular and unique shows on the radio today. Each week, one of our four remarkable CEOs, including Tom Lord, John Phillips, and Rick Brutico, will challenge your thinking about life and work. Sought after for their success and for consistently putting people first, treating employees and customers with respect, and helping others succeed, now these same CEOs, the mentors, want to help you achieve your highest level of profitability, success, and personal fulfillment in life, at work, and in business. Now, here's your mentor. Hi, welcome to the Mentors Radio Show. I'm Tom Laurie, your host for today. I'm glad you joined us for this very special edition of the Mentors. Have you ever wondered about what happened to mega film star Dolores Hart? She was the film star who was being compared to Oscar-winning Grace Kelly when she disappeared from the big screen. Today, we will be talking with her and learn about the courageous path she followed, abandoning the fame and fortune of Hollywood for a transcendental path that would lead her to tranquility and joy. Before we dive in, there are three quick reminders. Number one, we love your feedback and questions. Leave us a question anytime, 24-7, at 844-610-8255. That number again is 844 844- 610-TALK, 844-610-8255. Also, you can like us on Facebook at The Mentors Radio, and you'll find all of our show notes with free links and giveaways at TheMentorsRadio.com. That's TheMentorsRadio.com. Okay, let's get started with our guest mentor, the former Dolores Hart, who is now Mother Dolores Hart a monastic Benedictine nun who lives in Connecticut at Abbey Regina Laudis. Welcome, Mother Dolores. Well, I'm very honored to be part of your show. It's got a very good reputation, so this makes me feel very um, special. Well, we're delighted to have you uh, on today. So my first question, and I think it's a question that everybody would like to ask, is where have you been and what have you been doing? (laughs) <laughs> well, let's see, it must be some 60 years now as I look back on it. Uh, but um, I tell you, the most um, interesting part I have found about being a, a Benedictine and a nun in the cloistered life is basically outside of the prayer times that are scheduled, there is never two days that are alike. To me, the the mystery changes and deepens, and um, and I suppose it's um, when you speak of mentors, my special one is Mother Benedict Duff, who was the foundress of the monastery when I first first arrived and first talked to her. And um, anyway, I'm getting all this points rolled into one here. Uh, let me answer you. I've been in Abbey, Abbey of Regina Laudis, and I've been here since 1963. How old were you when you joined the Abbey? Oh, golly, I think I was 23. Or 24. 23. Something, and, yes. And let's let's step back in time a little bit. You uh, grew up in Chicago. You came from a difficult family background. As I seem to remember, your uh, your grandparents had a lot to do with um, raising you as well. Maybe tell us a little bit about your background while in Chicago and your trip to uh, Los Angeles. Well, my mother and dad were sweethearts in sixth grade. So by the time they got to high school, they thought they were far more than ready to get married which um, they did, and uh, I think Mom left school as a junior in high school, and my dad had just graduated. And he had just been seen. He was an uh, uh, usher and, I guess, a movie theater then, and he was asked to go to Hollywood to um, take screen tests, which he loved to do. 
And my mother said, um, I will not let you go unless I go with you, because if I don't go with you, I won't keep you. And so they went off to Hollywood. But my grandmother was very um, astute and said, um, Harriet, my mom's name, um, you cannot take a baby into that situation. Why don't you let me keep her for the winter? And I'll send her back for the summer vacation. Well, that happened for the next, well, I guess it went on for at least until I was 11 years old and my mother remarried. But um, it was, I remember that train tooting and me being put on it with a, it was a tag on me that said my name and the conductor was my um, mentor. <laughs> your, the conductor was your mentor. Well, there's a new mentor for everybody is to grab a train yeah. and have the conductor be your mentor. Now, you you went, uh, as I recall, uh, to high school in Chicago, right? Yes, that's correct. And you were student body president? No, I was in California as in high school. Yes. Oh, in California. I'm yes, sorry. But you were student body president, as I recall. That's correct, in San Fernando Valley. That's right. So you ran a, so you ran a very successful campaign. Well, I always had something that, that I wanted to do for somebody. I had that energy, you know, and I think being the, the leader of the group was not so much of being the one in charge, but it was more, it gave me an opportunity to know the the persons, to find out what they needed, and to kind of build a community. And what you had, uh, Jean Tierney played an important role in your life and your choice of being an actress. Could you tell us a little bit about that? I uh, I loved her. Uh, you're absolutely right on that one. I I she was one of my favorites to watch, but. Um, I think um, I think I was too young at that time to be in touch with any particular person, uh, except my dad. And um, this is another um, interesting um, point. He had a buddy that we had in the army, and brought him to Hollywood with him. And uh, his name was Johnny something or another. Kokoza, and they um, they said he was wonderful, and he sang beautifully. But uh, what was his mother's name? They said Mario. I said, "Well, we really could sign you up. How about if we call you Mario Lanza?" Well, Mario Lanza, the famous Mario Lanza. I remember that well. Uh, yeah, and so after the break, we're going to come back and talk about your experience in Hollywood. So we're going to come back in just a moment. Hello, I'm Mike Mendel, the inventor of MyPillow. And like all of you out there, I had problems sleeping. Pillows would go flat. I would flip-flop all night long. I would wake up with a sore neck, maybe a headache, or feel like I needed a nap even though I slept eight hours. When I invented MyPillow, I wanted it to where you can move the patented fill to give you the exact support you need as an individual, regardless of sleep position. My pillow will get you into that deep sleep faster and you will stay there longer. It's not about how much time we spend in bed. It's about how much of that quality sleep we get. I do all of my own manufacturing right here in the United States. I have a 10-year warranty. You can wash and dry my pillow, and I give you a 60-day money-back guarantee so you have nothing to lose. And here's my best offer ever. MyPillow is now offering 50% off their four-pack special plus free shipping. Go to MyPillow.com or call 1-800-890-6632, 1-800-890-6632, and use promo code MENTORS. That's 50% off plus free shipping. Don't delay. Order now. Imagine waking up and walking just eight steps to your work. No commute, no traffic. You set your own hours, full-time or part-time. Your choice. Supplement your income, replace your income. It's up to you. Hopeinacan.com can help you get there. These aren't empty promises. When Catherine, a popular hairstylist back east, became ill and needed different work, she became part of the Hope in a Can team. Within two years, she not only regained her health, but also more than replaced her income. 
Mary, a nurse and mother of nine in the Midwest, quit nursing to be with her family and work from home. Her income put nine children through college. A near-retirement dentist is happily building a post-retirement business. What are your goals? Call now, toll-free to learn more. 855-921-HOPE. That's 855-921-HOPE. Or go to hopeinacan.com. That's hopeinacan.com. Hopeinacan.com. And now, back to The Mentors, where remarkable CEOs challenge your thinking about life and business. Hi, welcome back. If you've just joined us, you're listening to The Mentors Radio. I'm Tom Laurie, your host for today. We're talking with Mother Dolores Hart about her journey from Hollywood to Holy Vows. You can catch the full show on TheMentorsRadio.com. So, Mother Dolores, let's uh, just briefly about your background back in Chicago again. You have a, you had an aunt or had, yeah, you had an aunt that was a nun. Somebody else in the family was a nun. So there was some. Sister Dolores Marie, for whom I was named. And Ah. she was the aunt, or rather the sister of my grandfather. And um, it was um, a sister of St. Joseph. And we had a really great, fun relationship. In fact, I would walk with her all the time into the town to the local pub where she would get a six-pack. And my job was (laughs) to carry it because she said, I would look very bad carrying the beer, so why don't you do it? Of course, the beer was for her. (laughs) (laughs) Now, she obviously had a role uh, in your life, uh, uh, and uh, as I recall, you really didn't uh, get baptized until later, I think, uh, maybe early teens. or Yeah, I was 11 years old, And, um, and I do think that Sister Dolores Marie had a great, great effect on me. We, my grandfather was not happy about her um, talking to me about anything because he was afraid I would be um, interested in following her, and he was not at all catering that idea. And so um, we used to go into the closet in the bedroom where she had set a beautiful statue of Our Lady, and we would be there and say the rosary together where she would talk to me about the value of being a Christian, and particularly a Catholic, if I really wanted it. And um, I went to school at a Catholic school, and I remember going into the chapel and sitting there and thinking about this, and I remember one day looking at the tabernacle where the Lord was supposed to have been put after the Mass. And I can remember clearly thinking, Lord, if you're in that tabernacle, how does a six-foot guy get into a little box like that? That (laughs) must be quite a miracle. (laughs) And as I recall, she read you stories of Christian martyrs, and obviously they in some way became mentors as well. Well, yes, indeed, because she wanted me to understand that um, Christian life and Catholic life you have to be very strong, and you had to stand for what you believe in. And somebody was going to um, somebody was going to chasten you for that. And I think it's what's happening with a lot of kids these days. And I love that march that the children had to say they wanted no more guns, because I love that spirit in young children that they can really say. I want my life, and I want it to be good. Well, that uh, was a big weekend for the teenagers, there's no doubt. They had millions of people around the country supporting that. Now, going uh, forward, uh, when you left Chicago, well, a couple of things. Number one, I uh, read that you were a tomboy. Yeah, I would say so. (laughs) I mean, uh, you became a glamorous star, but you were a tomboy. Yes, the boy. There were boys next door, and I remember we used to, the train rest, was right behind us. 
the train that um, I took, um, and I remember they would say, let's go and lay down on the track, and whoever gets up last when the train is coming, they will <laughs> win the prize. So I remember going and saying, oh, I'll do that, and I lay down on the track. Well, I would not get up from that track for anything if those guys were going to beat me. And so I remember going back home, ch cherishing the idea that I had won, and telling this to my grandmother, who had a fit. And she said, if you ever do that again, you will never play with the boys. <laughs> well, well, I don't know what that it's meant, a, but... <laughs> you're a good Chicago girl. That's what that meant. Yeah, I guess it was. Now... Uh, in case you just tuned in, you're listening to The Mentors Radio. More information is available on the web at thementorsradio.com. I'm Tom Laurie, and today we're talking with former film star Dolores Hart, now Mother Dolores Hart, and about her journey from Hollywood to a life centered on God. Now, you, so you were then in Los Angeles. How did, how did you get discovered from uh, the, in the movies, for the movies? Well, actually, I was very really had been determined I wanted to do this since my dad was got the the call and um, my grandfather also did the, the, he ran the movies in the movie theater and I would go with him and watch the movie and tell him when to wake up so he could change the reel and um, get 15 cents a reel or something like that and I really I think I learned filmmaking just by watching and not because he wouldn't let me hear the words but i was determined that i could do that too and so i learned in high school and went to uh, my teacher there um and asked her um could she help me because i said i'd like to try for the industry and she was open and she said sure dolores i think we should give you the part uh, learn the part of St. Joan, and maybe you can get a scholarship out of that. Well, I did get the scholarship, and Loyola was at the same time after I got into high uh, college. They were doing a play called St. Joan, so they asked me to come for the reading, and God bless us, I got the part again. And there was somebody from Paramount Films that was watching the story, and they came and saw the play, and they called. They called me at the school and said, um, "This is Paramount. We'd like you to come over for a screen test." And I said, "Oh, come on! This is one of my boyfriends giving me a charge." I said, "Why would Paramount call me?" And he said, "Well, your mother said the same thing to me because you're underage. So do you want to come or don't you?" I said, "Yes, sir. I'm so sorry. When?" Well, I got over, and he gave me the, 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 the little bit to read, and then they did a screen test on me, and afterwards, he said, we're doing a, a little um, movie here that we thought you'd be good in, and uh, Mr. Wallace, who's our producer, um, would like to talk to you. And so I did, and he said, um, Dolores, if you, um, your mother and everybody says so, if everybody says so, we, we'll give you a contract. I said, a contract? He said, yeah, let's see how this thing works out. Well, they signed me to a seven-year contract, and the name of the movie was Loving You. Well, they introduced me to all the people in the cast, and finally they got to this young boy at the end, and he said, this is Mr. Elvis Presley. Well, I have not been seeing anything that was going on except what was happening to me and I looked up and I said oh Mr. Presley what do you do <laughs> well listen we're going to come back we're going to come back after the break and talk about Elvis Presley because you have a uh, you, ha you had a milestone there with Elvis and we're going to come back after the break and talk about Mother Dolores Hart and Elvis Presley Americans have been traveling down the health insurance highway for decades. 
but lately, it's been taking us to places we don't want to go. For Christians, it's hard to know which road to take. Or is it? Samaritan Ministries provides a different direction, a biblical path for their members to pray for each other and share financially in each other's medical needs. This idea that Samaritan has adopted from the book of Acts should permeate all parts of our lives, not just health sharing. We, as a body of believers, are living out New Testament Christianity. This is what God intended for the church. Looking for a new direction for your health care? Join the hundreds of thousands of Samaritan Ministries members who are faithfully sharing millions of dollars in medical needs each month. For more information, visit us online at SamaritanMinistries.org. That's SamaritanMinistries.org. Are you struggling with how to practice your faith at work? Get answers to your questions and much more on the Catholic Business Journal. Focusing on careers and business with a Catholic perspective. That's CatholicBusinessJournal.biz. The Catholic Business Journal, generating a return on principle. CatholicBusinessJournal.biz. CatholicBusinessJournal.biz. This is a church, a church that might be like yours, with beautiful stained glass windows. Through the years, time and weather took their toll, so the people in this church went online and found Willethauser Architectural Glass. Willethauser did a free inspection and evaluation of the church's windows. Then their craftsmen, with over 120 years of stained glass design and restoration experience, brought the church's stained glass windows back to life. Willethauser.com. There's a new book out that will open your eyes in ways you never expected. It's called Bully of Asia by Stephen W. Mosier, a critically acclaimed author and internationally recognized authority on China. In Bully of Asia, you'll find insightful and timely commentary on the economic and geopolitical rise of the People's Republic of China. You'll learn what China's aspirations for resurgence and hegemony mean for America and the free world. Bully of Asia is a must-read for anyone concerned about China's growing power and influence, and the threat of an increasingly aggressive and militaristic China poses to Western democratic values. To get your copy of Bully of Asia, go to bullyofasia.com. That's bullyofasia.com. Find out why China's dream is the new threat to world order. Bullyofasia.com. And now, back to The Mentors, where remarkable CEOs challenge your thinking about life and business. Welcome back. If you've just joined us, you're listening to The Mentors Radio. I'm Tom Laurie, your host for today. We're talking with Mother Dolores Hart about her time with Elvis Presley in Hollywood and the opportunity she had to give Elvis the first kiss on the screen. You can catch the full show on TheMentorsRadio.com. So you're now been introduced to Elvis Presley, and you're going to do this movie, Loving You. Uh, tell us a little bit more about your experience with Elvis. Well, uh, I should say that Loving You was terrific, and I did get the first kiss, and that was really delightful because there were at least 400 people in the room when it happened. So you can imagine trying to look intimate and um, and alone and cozy in that situation. But we both got through it, and so much so that Hal put us in another film called, um, what was it? It was King Creole. And we had to go to New Orleans to do it. And you could not ride on the street with, with the children wanting to touch him. It was so crowded. So they had to build um, little bridges from building to building for us to go to the different places to set. And in between, Elvis and I were put into a hotel room. And you will enjoy, I think, the mentor that Elvis became for me. 
because oh. when we got into the hotel room, he said, have you ever seen one of these? And he pulled out the Gideon Bible. And he said, I'm going to open it up, and I'll tell you just whatever comes to me. And so he did, and he talked about the Bible, about the message that he found in the Bible. And he said, now, would you want to do it? So he gave me the Bible. Well, we did this back and forth a few times, and I must say that was a very, very real gift of understanding something that usually when you're that age, the Bible, you know, oh, another time, we have to do this again when you hear the Bible. Well, believe me, it wasn't that at all. Because when you are reading the Bible with Elvis, you're getting something very new. He happened to be one of the best singers about um, biblical music. And he believed it. And that was a great joy to me to understand something that a fellow, um, uh, um, uh, somebody that was working with me, a mate, that he really believed this and it meant something to him. And how did you discover to go that deep with words that were written thousands and thousands of years ago because you could find the meaning in your own heart? And that, I think, was a tremendous gift in the learning situation that um, it probably my teachers tried to do it in school. But let me tell you, when you're in a hotel room with Elvis and it happens, it's big. Wow, what a great story. In case you just tuned in, you're listening to The Mentors Radio. For more information, is available on the web at thementorsradio.com. I'm Tom Laurie, and today we're talking with former film star Dolores Hart, now Mother Dolores, at Abby Regina Laudis in Connecticut. We're talking about her journey from Hollywood to a life centered on God. Now, I uh, read, and now Mother Dolores has a book called The Ear of the Heart, and we will post uh, a link to that book on our website for those that would like to learn more about her life. But there was one uh, area in the book where uh, a, a teenager screamed out to Elvis while on a publicity tour with you, and the teenager screamed out, you're the king. And uh, if you can remember, I have it here, but he responded in a very profound way to that. There is only one king, and that is Jesus Christ. That's how I remember it. Now, he may have yep. said it differently, but that was what I thought he said. And again, this is a man who believed what he, and who he was, and who the Lord was. Now, did you keep in touch with him uh, after you entered Regina Laudis? Was there any contact, or did he go well, off his own way and... When people finish movies, that was one of the heartbreaks that I first learned. When you come to love someone and care for them because you're doing a good job with them, and when the movie's over, they're going to another movie, and you so are you, and most likely you never see them again. I think it was one of the hardest things, but I did keep in touch with his cousin, Gene, who said that Elvis wanted to follow, wanted to keep in touch with me. So I think all the way up until after I entered the monastery, I had um, messages from Jean, and there was a, a communication back and forth, which again was very, um, very beautiful. Well, I know you've, uh, with your time in Hollywood, you became friends, worked with, studied with people like... Uh, uh, Bob Denver, and of course Mario Alonzo was an uncle, and we talked about Hal Wallace and uh, George Kukar and Anthony Quinn and Tony Perkins. I've got a whole list of people that you worked with or studied with. Montgomery Clift, who you noted as a haunted actor. But I want to zero in on your relationship with Carol Burnett. Apparently you two had considered yourself soul sisters. Uh, could you tell us a little bit about your relationship with Carol? Well, Carol was also friends, I think, with my friend, Dick, who helped me write the book, The Year of the Heart. And um, I was, from the very beginning of 
understanding, Carol, I was very touched by a woman that really, really was earnest about doing the, the, the things that she, that she knew. And one thing that Carol and I had in common, we were both raised by our grandmother. I half, during half of my life, I mean, yes, when, um, and the other summers with my mother, but Carol was with her grandmother all the time as a little girl. And so there was a, there was a deep communication that we both appreciated, which was the meaning of a mother and the mother as a mentor. Because my mom was only, oh gosh, 16 when I was conceived. And there was very few years between us. But there is something when your mother talks to you about something that comes to you in a place you never forget if you love her. And Carol loved her grandmother in the same way. And I did too. And I think that gave us a sense of mutual being mentored by the right person. Well, thank uh, So we're going to come back to that. We're going to make a, a, a segue here uh, after we get back after the break and talk about your calling and what led to your journey of taking the vows. We'll be back in a minute. In classrooms across America, students are not learning the same history you did. Last year, McGraw-Hill apologized for calling slave trade immigration, and a popular world history textbook devotes a full chapter to Islam and Muhammad, but only a few sentences to Christianity and Christ. Recent federal testing shows students are far worse in knowledge of U.S. history than in math. Only 12% of high school students are proficient in U.S. history. Today's history textbooks not only fail to engage, they favor political correctness over true history. This is a serious problem that has a far-reaching impact on our culture and our future. What are your kids and grandkids learning? At CatholicTextbookProject.com, you'll find fresh, accurate, engaging history textbooks. Used in Catholic schools in more than 60 dioceses, these textbooks are highly praised by all, even award-winning secular university professors. Go to CatholicTextbookProject.com to find out why. Americans have been traveling down the health insurance highway for decades. But lately, it's been taking us to places we don't want to go. For Christians, it's hard to know which road to take. Or is it? Samaritan Ministries provides a different direction, a biblical path for their members to pray for each other and share financially in each other's medical needs. This idea that Samaritan has adopted from the book of Acts should permeate all parts of our lives, not just health sharing. We, as a body of believers, are living out New Testament Christianity. This is what God intended for the church. Looking for a new direction for your health care? Join the hundreds of thousands of Samaritan Ministries members who are faithfully sharing millions of dollars in medical needs each month. For more information, visit us online at SamaritanMinistries.org. That's SamaritanMinistries.org. And now, back to The Mentors, where remarkable CEOs challenge your thinking about life and business. Hi, welcome back. If you just joined us, you're listening to The Mentors Radio. I'm Tom Laurie, your host for today. We're talking with Mother Dolores Hart about for, uh, the, her work in Hollywood. And now we're going to shift to her calling to become a Benedictine monastic nun in Connecticut. So, Mother Dolores, how did you get this calling? And, uh, well, and that's exactly what it is. Uh, how did you get this call from God? Well, I went to New York to do a play called The Pleasure of His Company. And it was such a fortunate one because the play ran for a long time. And we started in October, and by April and May, I tell you, the everydayness of doing that job was more than I ever counted on. And I was so tired. 
one day one of my friends said, you know, I think it would be good if you went up. You have Sunday and Monday off. I have a place in Connecticut where you can go and rest. It'd be wonderful. I said, yeah, who, where is this? And she said, oh, it's a contemplative monastery of nuns. I said, nuns? I said, look, I don't need any more nuns in my life. I already went through that. And he said, no, 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 don't. Don't don't negate it. It could be very helpful for you. Well, we got here, and I'm telling you, the minute I put my foot on this ground, something in me said, this could be home to you. Well, very quickly, I met Mother Benedict Duff, and talk about mentor. This woman really, she knew what she was doing. But she asked me a lot about where I was and all that I wanted in my life and so on. And I said, well, you know, I, I don't know. Do you, do you think I could ever be be called here to be a nun? And she said, you just told me about your life in Hollywood. I think you should go back and do your Hollywood thing. It seems to me that's what you really do best. Well, I jumped for joy because it was clear. And she told me, and yes, that was right. And if she had told me then, no, I don't know what I would have done. Because I had time to go back, and I think I did Lisa with Stephen Boyd, and I did Come Fly With Me, and I did films that really taught me something about human suffering, the reality of penance in life, of why people have to change and the, the one with Lisa was the one that really hit them because she was a woman who had been in a concentration camp and was re, uh, discovered uh, re, in a very sorry situation by a man who was a, a soldier and that was Stephen and um, anyway I can't tell you the whole story but believe me to go from that kind of position to the end of a picture in such personal joy, that that was really the beginning of understanding that there really is something else in life that is very important for us. Not only to understand what we should do, but understand who we are. To really know your own identity. And in that Mother, Mother opened up something called the 16 Steps to me. And that was a way of coming through to, to, to know the instinctual things you're, you are called for, the, the professional things that you really love. And then what is it you really love? What is calling you in your heart? And how can you serve from that part of your being? And eventually... I did again ask Mother. I said, you know, this was a couple of years after I had met her. And I said, I just don't know what to do with this feeling that somehow I belong here. How can I when I've got a seven-year contract with Hal? I mean, I'm making more money now than I ever dreamed of. And I've got all this stuff, the cars, the, the coat, the... I had a mink coat that was, and that's another story. <laughs> but it was there, and something else was being said. Something else was hurting inside that I needed to go further. And she said to me, well, if you want to try it, you don't have to make final vows for seven years. That's the clock, so it's not a bird. Yes, I, I, I know that that's the, uh, you've got the, you got a menagerie there of birds. Yeah. I, we can hear them today. Well, uh, this is Tom Laurie. In case you just tuned in, we're listening to Mother Dolores talking about her journey to God from Hollywood. Uh, if you just joined us, you can listen to the entire show by going to thementorsradio.com. Now, when you look back, do you have any regrets? I mean, you gave up so much uh, of the world. I only regret that there wasn't a way in which I could keep in communication 
with more of my friends in Hollywood because I began to understand when I came into the monastery the hurt and the pain, the suffering that is in it is in most people's hearts. And you cannot get away from it because we are in we're in a world where there is evil. And that evil spirit can take you to all kinds of dreadful things. And we need a mentor. Let me say that word again, how beautiful it is. We need somebody that we can talk to, somebody who we love that can give us a direction when we're really in, in, in some place of deep pain. And I know the Lord will take care of all of that, but he depends on us too. Now, I remember uh, Patricia Neal was a friend and came and stayed at the Abbey, and she's now buried there. Uh, but she had some difficulties adjusting immediately, didn't she, when she came to stay? Well, she had a terrible situation with the world doll, who had married, uh, almost married another woman. and her, But she was so worried about her little daughter, Tessa. And when she came to us, she just fell apart. She just... And she wanted, Rawls had really kicked her out of England. She wanted to write a, a nasty um, book about him. And Mother Benedict again said to her, no, don't you do that. You write about yourself and what you've come through. And so she did. It was a book called As I Am. And that was a changing, that changed her in her life because Mother was also a mentor for her. And I think that if Patricia, Patricia hadn't done that, um, well, to tell the truth, her daughter Tessa now comes to see me to try to integrate what her life was and how much she loved a mother who was taken away from her. So you see what I mean? It's the complexity of lives and especially, especially people who have everything. <laughs> they don't have everything, not quite. Because when you just have money, it doesn't help a lot. No. So when we come back after the break, we're going to talk a little bit about what does a nun in a contemplative order do every day? Join us after the break. I had like memory foams, I had feather pillows, and I'd always wake up with neck pain. After sleeping on my pillow, I didn't wake up with the headaches, I was more aligned. I didn't realize the connection between the pillow and sleep. When I switched to my pillow, I got a better night's sleep, and I love it. Hello, I'm Mike Lindell, inventor of my pillow. My patented fill adjusts to your exact individual needs, and it holds that support all night long to take the pressure off your shoulders and keep your neck aligned so you get the best night's sleep of your life. My pillow is machine washable and dryable and comes with a 60-day money-back guarantee and an amazing 10-year warranty. Plus, every my pillow is made in the USA. I personally guarantee that my pillow will be the most comfortable pillow you'll ever own. MyPillow is now offering 50% off their four-pack special plus free shipping. Go to MyPillow.com or call 1-800-890-6632 and use promo code MENTORS. That's 50% off plus free shipping. Don't delay. Order now. In classrooms across America, students are not learning the same history you did. Last year, McGraw-Hill apologized for calling slave trade immigration, and a popular world history textbook devotes a full chapter to Islam and Muhammad, but only a few sentences to Christianity and Christ. Recent federal testing shows students are far worse in knowledge of U.S. history than in math. Only 12% of high school students are proficient in U.S. history. Today's history textbooks not only fail to engage, they favor political correctness over true history. This is a serious problem that has a far-reaching impact on our culture and our future. What are your kids and grandkids learning? At CatholicTextbookProject.com, you'll find fresh, accurate, engaging history textbooks. Used in Catholic schools in more than 60 dioceses, these textbooks are highly praised by all, even award-winning secular university professors. Go to CatholicTextbookProject.com to find out why. 
There's a new book out that will open your eyes in ways you never expected. It's called Bully of Asia by Stephen W. Mosier, a critically acclaimed author and internationally recognized authority on China. In Bully of Asia, you'll find insightful and timely commentary on the economic and geopolitical rise of the People's Republic of China. You'll learn what China's aspirations for resurgence and hegemony mean for America and the free world. Bully of Asia is a must-read for anyone concerned about China's growing power and influence, and the threat of an increasingly aggressive and militaristic China poses to Western democratic values. To get your copy of Bully of Asia, go to bullyofasia.com. That's bullyofasia.com. Find out why China's dream is the new threat to world order. Bullyofasia.com. And now, back to the mentors, where remarkable CEOs challenge your thinking about life and business. Welcome back. If you just joined us, you're listening to the Mentors Radio. I am Tom Laurie, your host for today. Today we're talking about former former mega film actress Dolores Hart, who's now Mother Dolores, and she's giving us some lively insights uh, as the girl who gave Elvis his first kiss and then became a sister with the Benedictine Order in Bethlehem, Connecticut. And she's the one who gets the last laugh in real life. With that, Mother Dolores, could you tell us a little bit about what is a day like for you? Well, Tom, I would like to say, and I'm not joking, I don't remember outside of the the time schedule. See, we say prayers at 2 a.m., 6 a.m., 8 noon, 2 o'clock, 5 o'clock. So outside of the schedule for prayer, I don't remember a day ever being the same because people and that what they need and what they ask for from us, the communication, every person is unique. And that is amazing. The discovery of that has been so incredible. Because when you look across the board and you see a hundred faces and you think, oh, they're just people, it's not. It's 100 absolutely unique gifts of God. And as I know, you spend a fair amount of time, people come and visit you and you provide some spiritual direction or at least listen to what it is that's going on in their life. So it's not... I mean, there's a lot of interaction between you and some people who come uh, to talk to you, right? In the last few years, I have been asked to go out to different events and talk to people and to talk to groups, to talk to um, those in, in various stages of life. What particularly young people now are so feeling, so confused by the the. the, the the stuff that goes on in the country, in all countries. And um, I always thought that as a contemplative nun, I would be behind the walls and I wouldn't see a thing again. Well, that was hardly the, uh, hardly the way it went. And um, I think my, my um, dear mother, um, Benedict, the next abbess, Mother David, became a very good friend and has really challenged me to be open to this as a mission because she said, you were an actress once, Dolores, Mother Dolores. You're never going to be other than that. It'll come out in different forms. <laughs> now, HBO did a documentary on you a few years ago, and it, and for uh, it can be seen on um, YouTube, and it received a Academy Award nomination, which brought you back to the red carpet. And also, your movies, I know, are available, because I did watch Lisa recently, are available on the Internet and also often reshown on cable TV. And then you've got the, the book. So you've had quite a bit of exposure beyond the, uh, the Regina Lattice. And what has that done in terms of uh, the number of people trying to reach you? Well, let me say that book is going to be made into a movie too so it's going to be um, 
it is going to be a, a, a time of really understanding the meaning of discernment and to know how much one person can really take on and the fact that sometimes you have a Tom Laurie who can talk to you and talk to a hundred people at the same time. So the world is a different place. It's a more amazing place than it was when I went into the business. We have a new capacity for union, for communion, for communication. And I just hope that I'm up to it. And if you were to uh, leave one thought for everybody, what, what would be that one thing that you would want to share with the audience? If you love someone, never let them go. Never abandon them. Always find a way that you can help them. Because love is a gift of God. It's his way of talking to us. Because there's an old saying, God is love. He is. He, he created it, and he created us out of that mystery. And that's how we learn to know him, is through our love for one another. Don't give it up, and don't take it for granted. And if it's hard on you, keep asking the Lord for help, because it's worth it. Wow. It's hard to believe we've run out of time. This has been great fun, as it always has been. And I, I will ask that you pray for all of us, and we'll pray for you. Thank you, Mother Dolores Hart, for joining us today from Abby Regina Laudis in Connecticut. The book, again, of Mother Dolores's is The Ear of the Heart, and it's avail- it'll be on our website. You've been listening to The Mentors Radio Show. I'm Tom Laurie, and I've been talking with Mother Dolores Hart, about her road from Hollywood to Holy Vows. If you like what you've heard and you want to share it with your friends, or if you tuned in late, you can hear the whole show by going to our website at thementorsradio.com. Join us next weekend at this time for the next edition of The Mentors. Until then, on behalf of Rick Brutico and myself, Tom Laurie, be all that you can be and keep the candle lit for all who struggle in the darkness. It's been The Mentors, where remarkable CEOs challenge your thinking about life and business. To get more information about the program or a sponsor, to download a podcast of today's show, or to leave a question for our host, go to TheMentorsRadio.com. That's www.TheMentorsRadio.com. The preceding program, copyright CBJ, LLC. All rights reserved.